Well, good evening. Welcome to our uh, live stream devotional service. I hope that you are having a very blessed Lord's Day, a wonderful time with family or time reflecting on the Incarnation uh, at home. And I hope that this will be a time that helps us all to uh, worship and adore our Savior together in uh, before his, his Word. And so... Um, Thank you for joining me this evening. Uh, I want to read a few verses from uh, John chapter 3. Really, I'm, I'm going to just read one verse from John chapter 3 at this time, and we'll reflect on a few others uh, in a few minutes. Uh, but that verse is, of course, the one you could all recite to me, and probably will recite uh, together with me uh, uh, as I as I read it, it's John chapter 3, verse 16. Um, John chapter 3, verse 16, where we read, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. A wonderful verse. This is the word of our God. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for uh, what this verse declares to us. We thank you for your love, which has sent your gift, your Son, so that we might be saved. Uh, We do adore you, Father, for giving your Son. And we praise you, Father, that Uh, Your Son was sent for us and for our salvation. And now, this evening, we ask that you would work within our hearts joy, work within hearts that have never truly believed, and work within hearts that have long believed, so that we might really experience uh, celebration at the gift you have given this evening. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, growing up, we, we used to watch the, the movie The Christmas Story um, edited on television. Like everything we watched was edited back then. Those were the days. But there was a scene on Christmas morning when the brothers open up presents and both of them open up a pair of socks. They look at each other and they throw the socks over their shoulders. Uh, it's funny because we've all felt like doing it. Or it's funny because you've had children and you've watched them do it. Uh, It ceases to be funny when we we reflect on moments when we've seen a a look in someone's eyes uh, that told us the gift we'd given them uh, is worth so little to them or uh, maybe even annoyed them that this is what they were given that they wish they could throw it over their shoulder. Um, or if if you could hear them talking a few moments later, they might say, well, this is, this is a really cheap product or something like that. I've had that happen before, and to be honest, what I gave had been pretty cheap, and, and they weren't trying to hurt my feelings. They didn't think I could hear. Um, but we, we might have had those experiences where we give the gift on Christmas or on a birthday, and it's despised. Uh, the eyes roll. It it's it's hard 
it's also frustrating, uh, unless you really do admit, like I just did, that you gave a cheap gift. Uh, but otherwise, it, it can be really hurtful when someone responds like that. Uh, John 3.16 tells us that God has given a gift, and the gift is his only begotten son. That's what we're celebrating on Christmas. The gift of the son of God the Father's love given to us for us. And so as we reflect for a few moments on John 3:16, the the first thing I want to reflect on and it's a challenge perhaps to some listening if you are not a believer if you are celebrating Christmas today and have never truly looked to Christ, confessed your sins, and trusted in him alone for salvation, I want you to realize and at least just acknowledge that in essence, you are scorning and despising the gift that God the Father has given. You're like that child who looks at the thing and has a look of disgust in their face and throws it over their shoulder. Uh, we we want Christmas, but we don't want the gift that we've been given. That's what you're saying to God, the Father, if you do not believe in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Uh, this is the gift, and God has a specific response that he desires and requires from us when we are given the gift of his son, or, or have the gift of his son placed before us, the response that is expected and desired is that we believe he has given his son so that whoever believes should not perish, but have everlasting life. In John chapter 1, uh, we see in verse 12, uh, another word used for how we respond to God giving his son. John chapter 1, verse 12, we read, As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Uh, did you catch it there? Parallel to the believe in John 3.16 is the response of receiving him. And that feels like it fits with that gift mentality more, doesn't it? God so loved that he gave this gift. Those who receive him, receive the gift, have the right to be called sons and daughters of God. So we are to receive and we receive by believing that Jesus Christ is the Savior we need and trusting in him alone. Now, God, God uh, is big. Does he really care if I receive his son or not? Is it that big of a deal? Well, let's look back at John chapter 3 again. We read uh, right after John 3, 16, uh, which we've, we've just read, for God so loved the world that he uh, gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just a sentence or two later in verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, 
But he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Uh, So Jesus is telling us that God the Father really does care if you do not receive the gift he's offered. If you, like those children, toss the socks over your shoulders, if you treat the gift of Christ as if it is nothing, as if it is scorn-worthy, then God really does care. He condemns. He also knows that although he cares, you may not. And that's why we read there that those who did not receive him are those who loved the darkness more than light. We We would rather walk around in the darkness and think that we can hide who we are and what we've done rather than be exposed by the light that shines forth in the glory of Jesus Christ. Rather than confess our sins and know that he is faithful and just to forgive our sins, we would rather stay hidden, we think, in the darkness. And so God cares, but we think, well, I don't care if God cares. So what's the big deal? Oh, he condemns me. Who cares? What does that mean? Well, uh, Psalm 2 speaks to this, and we read this in our morning worship service, but it describes what it means to be condemned, what the end result will be for those who are condemned for not receiving the gift of Christ, for rejecting him. And there in Psalm 2, it's described like this, those who reject the gift of of the Son, the Messiah, are those who plot against God and his anointed one, or and his Messiah is another way to phrase that. They plot against God and his Christ, Jesus Christ. It's a rejection of the gift. It's an active uh, plotting against, working against, trying to cast that off, breaking the chains that would bind us as subjects to this king. And how does God respond? He gives his son's son, Jesus Christ, all the nations as an inheritance to do with whatever he wants, even even break them to pieces with a rod of iron, dash them like a, a, a pot, a potter might... Uh, you know, burn a, a jar or something and find that it didn't come out the way he wanted and throw it to the ground and it shatters. Well, we reject Christ and God the Father says, very well, they're yours to do with what you will. Jesus, if you want to crash them to the ground and smash them to pieces, they're yours. That That's what the condemnation will look like on the last day. When Christ returns, he will bring judgment. And what a hypocrisy to celebrate Christmas, but not believe in the Son of God, that he has come to forgive sinners or to repent and trust in his name. That is hypocrisy. 
I hope we can at least acknowledge that if we don't believe in Christ, that there's a little bit of hypocrisy to celebrating his birthday. Um, but Psalm 2 also gives us a beautiful answer to this. Therefore, serve the Lord with reverence. Rejoice with trembling at his gift of love. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry with you and you perish in the way. Blessed are all those who put their trust in him. Kiss the Son, put your trust in him. Kissing the Son has the idea of repentance involved. Coming before the king against whom you've rebelled and begging him, even if you have to kiss his feet, to forgive you. And know that you are blessed if you do that. Yes, to celebrate Christmas, if you do not believe in Christ, is like being given the gift and rejecting it, rolling your eyes, scorning it, uh, looking God the Father in the face and throwing it over your, the gift over your shoulder uh, to ignore it. Uh, that's what that is. Uh, but what a thing to receive this gift. What gift could ever be greater? This gift of Jesus Christ comes with, as the scriptures tell us throughout, the forgiveness of sins so that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that results in something else, the thing to which Christ takes us in, in John 3.16, eternal life. If there's no condemnation and we are redeemed in Christ, those who believe in him have eternal life. That's something we are obsessed with as humanity. We just look at any world tradition, any mythology of the ancient world has some version of a fountain of youth or an elixir of life. And people pursue these things. People believe these things because they want to find these things. Not only that, but our culture tries to, to gain these things as well and tries to promise them, although they can't. And so we have a medical profession, which is a wonderful blessing. We live in such an age, and yet uh, what it so often uh, tries to give us eternal life, lasting life, life that doesn't end, fails in this respect. They can extend life often, only for a time, but they can't always extend the quality of life with the extension of life. And so we have people living and living and living in pain and suffering and misery because we're pursuing life at any cost. Uh, or we can think of what uh, the, the other industries of our culture offer. We have creams to keep you young. We have injections and chemicals to try to retain youth as long as possible, we fail every time. And here's the thing. God so loved the world that he sent the solution to this. He sent his son that any who believe in him should not perish, but have that very thing we keep pretending that we want, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, believer, then let me challenge you with this this evening. 
Shall we still dread God's displeasure? Who to save freely gave his most cherished treasure. To redeem us he has given his own son from the throne of his might in heaven. And therefore, since it is of the Father's love that is begotten, Jesus Christ, this gift, let us respond with Christ to thee, with God the Father, and, O Holy Ghost, to thee, hymn and chant and high thanksgiving and unwearied praises be, honor, glory, and dominion, and eternal victory evermore and evermore. Anything less than this type of response is too little a response to the gift of the Son of God's love. Anything less would be an insult to the giver himself. But oh, what a response this is. When you are given the perfect gift, you just want to express it, don't you? Unless you have a completely ungrateful heart. Um, I got a lot of good gifts this year, but yesterday uh, Holly cooked me one of my favorite meals and she nailed it. And you just, you want to make sounds as you eat something like that. Oh, it's it's so good. Or when you're given the best gift, you just want to uh, jump up and give the person a hug or, or use the thing right away, which is another way to express gratitude. Here we have God the Father expressing his love by giving his Son, his only begotten Son, that whoever believes might have eternal life as the adopted children of his house. What a marvelous gift. And we ought to respond with singing and with joy, great joy, today. I pray that you have been doing that today. I pray that you will make more time for it even this evening. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this, your gift. I pray that if anyone uh, listening here this evening has never trusted in you, rather than taking offense at these thoughts, they would rather turn to you and seek your mercy and receive that marvelous gift and know eternal life in Jesus' name. Father, we ask that each one of us would be filled with the joy of your salvation again and again each day and that we would be bold in singing it and expressing our gratitude in all of life. For we ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Well, thank you for taking these moments to think about the gift of God's love with me. I hope you'll take time, if you haven't already as a family or in your household, to uh, do some singing about this gift of God's love. And I have some suggestions. I quoted a few hymns a moment ago. You might consider singing of the Father's love begotten, which is 162 in the Trinity hymnal. Uh, All my heart this night rejoices, 217 in the Trinity hymnal. Or uh, one I didn't quote, Lo, how the rose air blooming, uh, where we sing this thought, to show God's love aright. He sent to us his son. That's what we're singing in that hymn. That's 221 in the Trinity hymnal. Uh, Maybe these aren't as familiar to you. Sing the ones that are. 
or you can jump online and look up on YouTube any one of these and find a choir or a congregation singing it and sing along with them. Uh, But let's take some time to express our gratitude to our King this night and sing of his love for us.